Welcome to the official Cryptids Anomalies and the Paranormal Society's podcast. I'm your host, Barnaby, and you're listening to Whispers from the Dark. Alright, hello and welcome to another episode of Whispers from the Dark. I am your host, Barnaby, and today on the show, I have fellow teammate Derek. How are you doing, Derek? I'm doing fine. Cool. Yeah, we haven't, uh, you haven't been on the podcast lately. No, I haven't. Oh, what have, what have you been up to, Derek? Well, I used to work at Walmart until they fired my butt from here to hell. <laughs> For dumb reasons. Oh, no. That's terrible. Yeah, we, we, we haven't done much over winter for, uh, like, a lot of the paranormal and outdoor stuff because it's too cold, so we haven't gotten together yeah. lately. True. Yeah. So true. Pretty soon, pretty soon. Uh, other than that, I mean, we, yep. we, we just were at that uh, convention down in, in Chicago, so that was cool. Um, but today we are going to be uh, talking about something that was in the news a couple weeks ago. Uh, and that, if I can find it here, uh, is a ghost dog. And uh, the article here says that this family's pet dog uh, was recorded roaming around the house and uh, exercising other poltergeists. Now, Derek, you got a chance to watch this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and read the article here for the people that haven't. Uh, this was posted, okay. this, this particular article is on uh, express.co.uk news. So this is a, a news website, not just a like tabloid. Um, oh wow, this was actually in 2016. Uh, Did you notice that? Yeah, six years ago. Yeah, I, I totally didn't even notice that. Um, this has been up on... Uh, like the the Facebook boards and everything quite recently. So why it all of a sudden surfaced again, I don't know. I thought this was something that was more recent. But uh, this article says that it was posted uh, April 15th, 2016. Um, I will definitely share a link to this in the show notes for this episode. But uh, that's that's beside the point of when this was because we're really just going to kind of cover this real quick and then move on to our, our topic of... Um, paranormal and pets and stuff. So, so this this article is why we're talking about this. Um, so let, let's get into this. So, truck driver Barry Kennedy and his partner Christine, both thirty nine, lost their pet Muttley after he was put to sleep, age eighteen. The couple claim their house in uh, Lancashire had previously been haunted by the ghost of an old man. Their daughters were left frightened to death after an eerie apparition appeared at the foot of one of the girls' beds. The couple also claimed that they had been scratched by demonic forces. But astonishingly, the family now claims that the ghouls have been exorcised by their cherished pet. Two months after Muttley passed on, Mr. Kennedy decided to get out his camera after spotting mysterious floating orbs near the pooch's favorite spot in the house. In addition to this particular site, he claimed he could smell wet dog, and so began recording to see what the camera would pick up. To his astonishment, he 
Oh, he says, The ghost of Muttley can be clearly seen in the footage. A translucent image appears from the left of the screen heading right, which Mr. Kennedy says resembles Muttley's front legs and face walking across the screen. He said... I was taking pictures of the kids in the kitchen when I noticed strange orbs on the pictures and at the same time always got the smell of wet dog. One day I stood in the kitchen calling his name taking pictures and it happened again where his basket used to be. Uh, I thought it was silly at first but once I saw it with my eyes I realized it simply wasn't dust or anything like that. You can see his footstep onto the floor as he moves past the camera and the shape of his head. People have said it was smoke, but smoke rises. It doesn't move around that quickly, and it, it kind of goes on from there. Um, so, Derek, you, you watch this video. I watch this video. Um, it, it definitely looks... What's that? I did watch the video, and it was very compelling. Yeah, it definitely looks like it, it's not see. smoke. It's not a orb. It definitely has the shape of something that's moving across the the screen. Um, I mean, could it be a dog? I guess. Yeah, it did that, and, uh, and um, and the the other animal that in the video as well got spooked. The, mm -hmm. the other dog that had the bomb stopped dead in its track, looked at it, and then backed away. With whoa. Yeah, there is another dog that, that isn't talked about in the article at the, the top of the video um, that does come into frame. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm pretty skeptical on orbs, as you know. Like, if you can't see it with the naked eye, a lot of the times your 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 cameras and stuff can pick up things that are just dust or um, not anything. And it's just coming in and out of focus of the frame and that. But... This thing is moving. It is. It's not a dust. It's. It's not even an orb. It's um, something there. I don't know. The freeform, free form move of a moving. Well, like a free form, like an orb, and it moves slowly. Yeah. Like you said, from the left to the right. Mm-hmm. What I saw. Yeah, we'll put a link to the video on the show notes of this episode so that you guys can take a look at and let us know what you think. Um, but that brings us to the topic of today's show, and that is going to be pets and the paranormal. So we're talking about right now of these the dog that is a ghost. Um, and there's, I mean, when I was looking up this video and stuff, there's a lot of videos out there of ghost dogs and stuff that people have seen uh, personally. I actually have seen a ghost dog, um, but so I, I I know that they're they're out there, but um, the the other aspect of this is we can see ghost dogs, but can the dogs and the other pets see ghosts? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. That um, is a good question because. A lot of times people question that and they don't know if they actually can. But I'm, in my feelings of things are that animals can't see stuff that we can't. Mm -hmm. I've seen numerous stories, I've read numerous stories about this, and they're saying that dogs had always like to see things more than anything. And this ties into what we when we went to that house in Wopatha at Laura's house. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
she told me a story at one time when I went to the first before I went to the first time she got in contact saying that um every time like one of her dogs were, her dogs would just sit there and tear off and then one dog got dragged and you could see the nail marks in the floor where the dog got dragged yes yeah we we did an investigation it, it, it hasn't been on an episode or anything but we got called in to do an investigation and uh the the dogs were pretty much involved in that investigation with the activity because of things that happened to the dogs like you were saying the 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 one you could see was dragged across the living room floor and you could see like claw marks from the dog trying to resist in the floor and there was a witness that thought too. That that's thought what that happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that uh, was the first story. The the document documenting fear episode as well that we did up in um, I'm sorry, down in Kenosha. Their dog as well was uh, pretty apt to seeing things that were going on. Oh. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So let's, I'm let's, thinking animals can sense things and see things that we can't explain. Like we can't see it. Mm -hmm. Right? Can understand. Well, let's take a look My at some opinion. of this stuff here that uh, we pulled up here. This is from the American Kennel Club, which is uh, pretty much like one of the leading places for for dogs and and dog breeds and all all kinds of stuff. The American Kennel Club is a major organization for anybody that's not familiar with it. And uh, on their website, there's an article called uh, Can Dogs See Ghosts? And it talks a lot about, I'll share a link to this as well. Um, it talks a lot about the sixth sense or the gut feeling of, of dogs and the fact that they can, you know, interpret things uh, that we possibly can't. Uh, dogs can also hear things. Dogs possess a ability to hear high-pitched noises uh, from a much greater distance than than human beings can. Uh, so this, they're saying in the article that these differences may be connected to the ability to pick up on difference, uh, different and undetectable phenomenons that we cannot. Uh, a dog's field of vision is much wider than ours, and they can see objects at a greater distance, and their availability to see in twilight and dusk is far superior to ours as well, making it possible for them to pick up certain movements that are undetectable to the human eye. Uh, it goes on to say that it's absolutely um, accurate that a dog is picking up on something that we may not be able to see, but they are perceiving may not be uh, a ghost. So it's basically saying in this article that, you know, these, these creatures, the dogs, uh, they, they do not see as well as we do. Um, I, I, uh, there's another article here uh, by Reader's Digest, and it talks about the rods and the cones of the eye. And um, rods, uh, I think it's rods see detail where cones see color. I believe that. Yep. Yeah. So um, what it's saying is that they have a lot more availability to see uh, color. Or um, I'm sorry. They see. Like I'm white. Right. They don't see detail, but their uh, movement sensors are a lot higher than ours. 
you know, and and even even a generic sense of the fact that the human eye is very limited. We can only see a very very limited percentage of uh, what is out there. You know, I think it's like five percent of the world that we can actually see. Um, so that's a lot different than than the animal kingdom because when when you think about like. Dogs, in particular, dogs are canines. They are uh, predators. So predators, by just generality, can see a lot better than prey. Obviously, they're hunters. So they can... Their eyes are, are, are built different, you know. I'm just getting off on a tangent. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um... My, my, my point is, is that the dogs, their eyes are equipped a lot better to see things that we can't. They have the ability to, whether or not they're seeing ghosts or other entities or other dimensions or whatever, their eyes are equipped to see things we can't. There. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. There's another thing about dogs can do also for cats. Um, if someone like if someone's having a seizure, they can sense it. It's gonna have before it happens. Oh yeah. Stop it from happening. Yeah. I've been proven numerous times in numerous cases I heard and read about, and I had a friend that had a service dog that knew when she was getting ready to go, start freaking out, like stressing out, start banging her head. That dog would walk over and put her, her paw, her leg right in front of her to stop her from doing it. Without being told, she would just walk with her, put the leg down, and down, and it would stop. And it amazed me. She showed me this too, and how it worked. And when I saw it from my eyes, I was in complete utter shock. I didn't expect to see a dog ever do anything without being told, and that was the first. Well, dogs are very intelligent animals. Um, you know, there, there's a reason also, why why they're um you know my brain is not working today man there's a reason why they're uh service animals you know so that they can you know help people and they're trained to do that they're they're highly intelligent and you know they're they're used in all aspects from policing and military to you know drug sniffing and um and stuff like that as well as oh, the dogs, dogs can do also is smell cancer to some people that you don't know they have it. Mm-hmm. Cats they have as that well. Cats can do it too, or they know when something when someone's in danger, they can sense it and get them out of the house. Like if the house is starting on fire before it happens, or if it's carbon monoxide, they can alert their owner and say, "Go." We're in danger. We need to get out. I've seen stories about that too. Uh, to that oh, same right. to that same point, you know, there was uh, a lot of research done. Uh, people talking about like their pets always following them to the bathroom and not letting them, you know, go to the bathroom in peace, and and people wondering why that was. Well, in a pack situation of these animals, uh, when you're you're most vulnerable, when you're you know doing your business. So as part of a pack with these animals, they're following you to the bathroom to yeah. watch over you and protect True. you 
because you know you're you're vulnerable you're in a vulnerable situation and they they that's why they also look back at you when they're they're doing their business to make sure that you're watching over them so that they feel safe and secure so that's i mean that's just animal behavior right there mm -hmm. yep it's like an instinct you have to make sure you're gonna be okay you I gotta lose your, your back or sit around or whatever I don't think people give enough credit to animals for being as intelligent as they are. We like to put the human race on this high pedestal of saying that we're the most intelligent creatures on the planet. And I, I really don't think that we are or not. You know, there's an old saying, you cannot judge a fish's ability. Uh, you, you cannot judge two animals by their same ability to climb a tree. If you judge a monkey and a fish, uh, the monkey's always going to outdo the fish. But if you try and judge how well a monkey can swim, the fish is always going to beat it. So you, you can't say that one animal species is more intelligent than another or compare it to a human because, I mean, animals don't need roads. Animals don't need computers to exist. Uh, humans don't either. But um, you, you can't compare intelligence that way. Along the lines with you know, dog, you trick. Mm -hmm. It goes in line with that because dogs know almost everything that needs to be done or needs to be looked out for. Mm -hmm. They have it like already bred in them ahead of time before we can get the before we can adopt the dog or a cat. They all have that already. What's going on around them? What I see, you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, yeah, there was actually, uh, during one of the later seasons of Ghost Hunters, they actually brought in a dog, and I'm looking at it right here, uh, Maddie. Serves yeah, he's the bottom, brought her in. Uh, serves as the resident canine. Jason Hogg brought her in, and then I saw the episode. I've seen the episode, it was very interesting how they brought that dog in. As he brought the dog in, the dog wouldn't go in, in that one certain room. And Jason explains it on his interview. He goes, I tried to bring her in a room, but she didn't want to go. Like She was afraid someone, she knew someone was in there, but she didn't want to go any further than the door. Hmm. See, and I always wondered that, too. No. Like, like, when I used to watch a lot of the Ghost Hunters, uh, when it was originally on uh, the original Ghost Hunters TV show, um, I always wondered, you know, if they're... If there is something to the canines and uh, animals being able to sense this stuff, why weren't they bringing it in? And I was really excited on, on some of the later episodes in that that I, I actually saw them bring the dog in on the, the stuff in that. Uh, it said, when, when was this? doesn't have any information, like what season this was, but... Hmm. I don't remember what season it was, but I... If you look at the screen, plus it has all the seasons, you can find it. Oh, yeah, definitely. There we go. 2012. I've been video watching it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I've been, been watching Ghost Hunters. I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> You're bored. You're kind of breaking up, man. <laughs> I've been watching Sorry, I'm trying to get comfy in my bed here. It's not working. This better? A little bit. Uh, let's see. Ninth I'm season. Better. <laughs> Ninth season. 
Oh, yeah. I remember he went when he brought the dog with him, though, but the dog wouldn't go in that one specific room. Like, us humans have that sense of things not right, but dogs have a better sense of what's not right. Meet Maddie, a rescue dog turned TV star on Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters. When paranormal investigator Jason Hawes decided to add a four-legged ghost hunter to his team, he knew it needed to be a rescue. Well, this kind of goes more into uh, rescuing her than actually the paranormal side of this. Success training. Um... There's been numerous stories about dogs and cats being things or from an argo, like a, like a dog barking in a corner or not, not there. I've seen stories about that. People talk about it on Strange Wisconsin on Facebook. I read that. There are stories on there. And it's just intriguing how these animals know what's going on. Here we go. Jason says, uh, we read a residential case in South Carolina. Uh, an investigation captured for season nine. The family believed that there was a figure there, a relative to them. Maddie got excited and was picking up on sounds that we were not. Sure enough, when we listened to the recording, there were EVPs, and uh, that's electronic voice phenomenon. So there was there was a voice on the recording after they went back and listened to it. Uh, Hawes stresses that while he did not put Maddie in situations that might spook an untrained dog and most humans, he never takes her into unsafe places. Uh, this is true, right? This is from uh, Dogster.com. Did a whole article on, on Maddie. But that's, I mean, that's that's really cool, you know. Like, uh, and and dogs have been used also for other things other than just paranormal, like hunting Bigfoot and stuff, and and tracking. And there's a lot of cases where uh, these dogs get the scent of a Bigfoot and track it through the woods, and will just stop and refuse to go any further. Uh, to to get any closer to whatever it was that they were tracking. So, I mean, they're, they're definitely useful in the world of, of paranormal and research and that. It's interesting how dogs react to different things than us humans. Mm -hmm. You said you saw a ghost dog, you said? I did, yeah. Um... So you might you might hear in that story. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know if I've told it on the podcast before. I've I've told a couple people though. Um, so one night working at uh, Bean Snappers, where we do the the Gainers Tavern um, paranormal tours, um, I was walking up the back okay. staircase to go upstairs, and there's a doorway that leads from the top of the stairs to like the dressing room hallway and that, and I just turned the corner and there was this dog coming towards me. Uh, through the doorway and it just kind of disappeared and there is a dog at bean snappers uh, there's the house dog uh, his name is boss and um, he's like a, a pit bull mix kind of thing and it was about the same size as him and I thought oh it's it's boss you know okay uh, and then the dog completely just disappeared though but um come to find out there actually is a dog buried in the basement of uh, bean snappers as well because uh, one of the the owners, uh, way back several years ago, uh, the dog was uh, unfortunately hit and killed in the road outside there, and they buried it in the basement. So there is a dog buried in Bean Snapper's basement, and um, 
Yeah, and so I, I saw this ghost dog up at, at Bean Snappers. Have you ever brought the boss up there to see if he sees it? Oh, boss, boss um, uh, has a lot of staring off into the distance and, and sees a lot of stuff there, yeah. That's a good point, though. I mean, that, that should bring that up. Uh, the other night... Uh, Maybe boss saw the dog and not, didn't want to be alerted alert even people about it. He just wanted to keep it to himself and just like, okay, let me see what I'm seeing, you know? Because a lot of times dogs had to make that judgment. So, no, that's possible. I don't know. Can't ask him. Sometimes dogs will see something have their automatic or something. Oh, I got to sit and just stare, you know? Mm-hmm. The, uh, Until someone sees what I'm seeing. There has been a lot of activity recently uh this past weekend at snappers and um boss was really very um su- not not subdued very cautious very like slinky around the place on uh friday night and like that, is, that is not yeah kind of kind of he, he, skittish very skittish and that's not like him usually at the end of the night okay. he's he's okay. i mean he's he's upstairs up in the the dressing room with the girls all night and um when he does come out at the end of the night he's running around the whole place you know doing the zoomies and uh you know knocking people down and stuff and very very energetic very excitable you know friendly dog but uh this past weekend he came downstairs and he was very subdued very calm very not skittish from people, but just like was very uncomfortable with with what was going on there. And uh, but then, then last night he was he was better again. something That's very possible. Um, you know, there's there's several times when they have said that you know he will sit and see things or bark at things and stuff there that you know it, it makes the girls uncomfortable because they they don't know what he's barking at or stuff because you know he's up there with them you know he he is you know just in the room with them all night so it's not like anybody Has else can get up there i i don't Has know about that at all? uh i don't think i've ever heard him growl thankfully cuz he's he's a pretty big dog that's the thing is that dogs could growl also at something that's not there that's there no more that's making them high alert Mm-hmm. Or what's in front of them, or what's bugging them. So that's our natural instinct, just to start growling if people threaten. Because that's they're like, oh, I got to do something about this. I'm being threatened. What do I do? Oh, let me just growl. It will go away. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, boss, does see something there that we don't know what's there? You know, you did ghost stories there and all, but there could be something more to what you've been doing. So oh, far. definitely. Yeah. I, I we've never done uh, an investigation with boss there. Um, boss is obviously like there. He's the the guard dog of the place. I don't uh, I don't think he would take too well to having just random people uh, traipsing around. And you know when he's there, uh, I mean that's his job. But uh, it, it definitely would be interesting to uh, have a dog there as a investigator and see what they they could come up with in that. Especially if you saw that ghost dog, it's a good test to see if a dog or boss will see it himself mm-hmm. and see what he thinks, you know, what he does. And, like, you can put, like, a GoPro on his collar, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 
mm-hmm. that'd be an idea. Just put on his collar. So if you're working that night, you have him walk around, and if you see the ghost dog, you can have it right on camera. Mm-hmm. It's an idea that's right. Yeah, you know, when you're working at these campers, you know, mm-hmm. that's a possibility. That way, you get you can get very good footage. You can get a good dog's point of view, their vision, in a way. Mm-hmm. You can't put it on the dog's head because I don't think the dog keep it on his head. <laughs> They actually make uh, harnesses for dogs, for GoPros. Um, we actually were thinking about getting one for uh, Rick and Barb's dogs uh, when we go out Sasquatching because it, it was going to be a really cool video to uh, watch their dogs running around, Mocha and uh, I can't think of the other one's name right now, but when they were out running around, we went out in the woods. Uh, Barb, how she's doing? Barb is doing well. Um, the last update that I heard on Barb, she... Um, she is up and she is walking on her own uh, okay. with 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 a wheelchair following her and, uh, you know, Rick in front of her and that. But um, she was walking on her own, unassisted by the, the wheelchair or the walker. So she should be out and about this summer. She is looking forward to getting back out with the Caps team and uh, doing She's stuff with back. us. So. Mm-hmm. so we definitely will That's see her cool. back out there this summer. I, I do want to get her on the podcast again. Uh, coming up here pretty soon to uh, give everyone an update, you know, now that she's more better and, and, and doing the well. So, mm-hmm. I talk about a good recovery time. Oh, definitely. Even uh, Rick was telling us that uh, the doctor said that uh, it is very, she was supposed to have six to eight weeks recovery uh, before they, they expected her to be like walking and, you know, up and doing stuff. Um, and it's only been like two or three weeks, uh, maybe a month that she's been uh, out of the hospital or out of rehab. I'm sorry, out of the, the rehab facility. And she couldn't walk when she came home from the, the rehab facility. And now... Uh, that was at Christmas that she came home. And since Christmas to now, she's able to walk unassisted for a short distance. Um, but uh, it's it's mostly she's her. More strength than what? No, she's still getting her strength yet. Yeah, it's a lot of her lungs can't handle the... Um, the, the strain yet because of the, the COVID and uh, the pleurisy yeah. and stuff that she had on her lungs and they're just not strong enough yet. But, but I definitely will. That's a that's a very good point. We need to get her on here and uh, give everybody an update right from Barb of how she's doing. I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Barb's a good team member. She worked hard. Mm-hmm. Like we were, at, we were at um the Grand. That was quite interesting too. Mm-hmm. We all had our separate things that we're doing, and we all seen stuff at different times. Yep, it was just a lot of fun then. Oh yeah, yeah. So and I get the paranormal pet. I think dogs, cats, what have you, have that extra sense that people don't know about, mm-hmm. unless they actually experience it for themselves, or if they do like. If it, like with that ghost video, if a it goes along with a human, if a dog dies or a human dies from a family, he will come back to visit them more than last time to let them know I'm okay, I'm on the other side, don't worry about me, I'll be fine. What, it's like a message they send to the love to the family. Think. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you get you about these? So much. 
What? I know. <laughs> Sorry. What's your question? Um, what do you think about these uh, canines and stuff that uh, you always see them like laying on graves? As far as oh, I want to touch on that too. Um, the whole fact that um, you know you see these like uh, graveside grave sites and stuff of these people's pets that uh, go and lay on their graves after they pass away. Do you think that that's something that? Um, I mean, obviously these dogs aren't homeless, you know, but they they realize that this is their owner's grave, you know. So is that like? I think it's instinctual that dogs know that their owner's gone. Right. Oh, definitely. There's a sense of loss, you know, that connection, the the bond there is there. But I mean, this is just. I mean, let's look at this from a, a broad standpoint. I mean, you're looking at just a patch of grass. You know, if if you want to say that that dogs are intelligent and have a good sense of smell and everything, the point is 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 when you pass away, um, Ethan might have a problem with this and get back to me on it. But um, when you pass away, <laughs> you're you're put in a box, you know, your your casket, and the casket I believe is pretty much airtight, and then the casket it goes is. inside a cement burial vault, and and it is buried. But yet, the dog has, so so my, my point here is, is the body itself is not putting off odor. And Ethan, if you're listening, you know, message and, you know, leave a comment or something if this is wrong. But there shouldn't be any um, scent coming up from the grave. Well, I guess maybe there is, though, because cadaver dogs and stuff, cadaver dogs and that can pick up the scent of, of bodies in the grave and that, I, I think. Because that dog's nose is stronger than our nose. Right. So, do you think that the dog is smelling their owner underground, and that's why they have this connection to the the gravesite, or do you think that they're I believe, actually? I, I think so because if you just take a dog that's not that that George is going to somebody else's grave, he probably won't respond the same way. Right. So do you think it's a spiritual thing or do you think it's a scent thing that they know that their owner's there? It could be either or or both because of that connection you have with their owner before the owner passed is that the remember that scent and what they smelled like when they were alive too. Well, let's look at it this way. If, if a person was alive and you, okay, so back to the whole pets in the bathroom thing. If you went in the bathroom and shut the door, and your dog came up to the door, they would start scratching at it, sniffing at it, trying to get to you, right? Um, but this point, when you're you're looking at the cemetery situation, this dog isn't digging up the grave. He's just, you know, calmly observing the grave, you know? So it, it feels, it, it seems more like it would be a spiritual aspect than an actual physical smell. True. Like I said, it could be instinctual enough for a dog to think, oh, wait, this might be my owner. Let me lay here and see if I can get a scent again. Because sometimes a dog, like when you have that scent, it doesn't leave that dog's nose. It's like an old factory scent that stays with it for a while. Hmm. In case if that dog has not been for the longest time ever. Like with the guy that said that he smells wet dog. And that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dog video. Dogs can 
leave a, like a lingering stench to know that they're that they're there to see you again. Even though they passed on maybe like years ago or maybe months, days. Usually, with this, dogs can't sense, have that scent of what the owner stuck with them well into the afterlife, of the person's afterlife. And the dogs automatically, like, oh, let me just lay here, you know? I seen a video of, a, of an owner that died, and he brought the dog to the graveyard. The dog laid on top of the, like, the headstone beloved a crying for its owner mm -hmm. and it was, it was, just, was just laying there would not get up and just laid there for a, a certain amount of time just blubbering and crying because the owner's his owner died he it looked like the dog had that connection where and um Missing, oh, like missing the owner, and I think that dog knew because there's no other way to explain how could a dog sit there and just lay there and not move for a certain amount of time and cry about the owner that passed on to the afterlife and left the dog behind and just sat there and started crying and like did not want to get up, he just laid there. I seen videos. I seen that video so many different times. And it just amazes me how a dog is so connected to their owner. Hmm. Let me you let know, me ask uh, you this: When we did the episode, the test. Obviously, you remember that. That's one of your favorite episodes. <laughs> um, hang on, I got I got Ethan here. Let let me ask Ethan a question real quick. Okay. <laughs> He actually heard us. <laughs> Why? Well, I texted him. I texted Ethan while we were here, sitting here while you were talking there, real quick. So we haven't had Ethan on the show for a while either. That's funny. And he's been busy. He, like nobody. Ethan, Ethan has been has been working a lot. Uh, Ethan is a funeral director uh, for people who don't know. So he is he is the go-to guy for for dog uh, scent story thing here. Uh, so back to back to the test while I'm waiting here for Ethan. We'll get him on if we can. But um, I think Fathom wouldn't Fathom know this too because she's an empath. Wouldn't she know this too? Right. Yeah. Dog scent. Mm -hmm. All right. We're we're gonna give Ethan a had... call. Oh boy. Oh shit. <laughs> Hello. Hey Ethan, you are live on Whispers from the Dark podcast and we got a we got a question for you. Hi Ethan. <laughs> oh, I don't Derek's here too, but I don't think you can hear him because he's on uh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um so when when a person is in a would when a person is buried in the cemetery. Yeah, um in the ground right right yep a vault and uh, a box and everything the 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 casket and stuff um would a is there any scent that escapes that typically no 
No, so that that I I I said that it was airtight. Is that actually airtight then? The vault is not airtight. It's watertight. But now, if the casket is a ceiling casket, that is airtight. Okay. Um, well, we're we're talking about uh, on today's episode. We're talking about paranormal and pets. And uh, we were discussing the fact that when you see these dogs at, like, grave sites and stuff, and um, they seem to be, like, mourning their owners, do you think that this is because they can smell their owner is buried there, or do you think that it's more of a spiritual connection? Uh, I could go either way with it, because animals have, you know, a lot better sense of smell than people. Definitely. But if, you know, a ceiling casket would be the the deal breaker for me because ceiling caskets nothing's getting out okay so obviously like well older cemeteries and stuff the 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 pet obviously wouldn't be alive this would have to be more of a recent burial in that but yep and and it's kind of a toss-up if a casket is a sealer or a non-sealer at this point because we sell some of each every basically every week cool well since you're here how you doing Good. <laughs> Sorry, well, Ethan. <laughs> I just thought I would. We were we were discussing this and and working on something, and uh, we thought that you were definitely the person to ask. So I wanted to make yeah, sure I'm, I... I'm the right person to ask. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, man. I won't take up your time. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. He well, did bring up some good points, though. There you go. Yeah. So it it seems like. It's possible that the dog could actually um, smell the human through there. But then again, that, that brings up the point of if they can smell, you know, like the, the bathroom door scenario again, why aren't they scratching at trying to get their, their human, their companion back? I don't know. Um, moving on, though, to the, the test we were talking about. So Fathom had said that she could sense more of like the energy in that of of the animals and stuff after they passed have you ever experienced as a medium have you ever seen uh a ghost pet um i might have i'm not positively sure when i was younger i might have when i was in my own house in new jersey maybe i have to put my dog down maybe Two to five months after the, we did that, I'm sitting there. I was getting ready to go up the staircase to my bedroom. As I was coming up, as I was going around the corner to the staircase, I turned back around. I quickly went around saw my dog just walk by and just stare out of nowhere. I'm like, okay, hi. I know my mom has had some experiences at her house with uh, uh, her pet passing away, but she actually has um, her dogs cremated at her house. So they're they're still with her at the house and everything. Toby? Toby and uh, Zeus, yeah. Yep, she Who still has Zeus? both of them. Zeus was the boxer we had prior to Toby. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Now she has them both cremated. Yeah, I think if you, if you have a dog cremated and you have the remains by you, the dog is possibly going to be... More and more, trying to find its body. When we're when we're talking about like uh, you know like ghosts, uh, a lot of the times people claim that these the paranormal entities are created as ghosts because of a traumatic incident or a strong 
uh, bond to the uh, person or place that they are. Do you think that's why uh, it's possible that these paranormal pets, and, and this now we're transitioning back to ghost animals, but um, the, the paranormal spirits of the animals are still with the humans is because of their connection. Possible. You don't you don't see too much like traumatic death, you know. Well, let's let's just, the situation. Let's let's talk about a little bit about this for for two situations here. Um, do you remember when we were down in Burlington, and uh, okay. you were you were having the visions of the the battle scene and stuff? You you claimed right. that you you saw horses, right? Yeah. So, so there you have, uh, like paranormal or ghost horses, right? Yep. Okay. Um, and actually, um, I think I've told you this when we were down in, uh, out investigating Gettysburg, we actually recorded a ghost horse. Yeah. You told me that. So that's, I mean, these are examples of very traumatic death. Uh, paranormal entities, you know, whereas you have, you have your dog and your cat. Animals will stick around. Like if a dog got hit by a car or whatever, it will stick around. Like, like that, those dogs is all being snapper. It will probably stick around where it died. That's a good point because, because of the traumatic death incident there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I stuck in limbo where it's like, um, I used to be here and why can't I move forward from here? Hmm. As in, like, humans, when they die traumatically, they're stuck in limbo until they can find a way to cross over. Do you think that they're actually stuck there, or do you think that something is holding them? It could be either or. Because sometimes if a, if a traumatic death like that, if it was some pet, it will stick with them for a while. You know, hmm. um, quite interesting, though. We'll talk more about like uh, traumatic, not traumatic deaths, uh, pets and paranormal here. Uh, are you familiar with church grims? Church grims, you said? Yeah. No, not familiar? Okay. So actually, uh, we really should have had Ethan more so on this episode. Uh, Ethan brought this up during, I believe it was our Easter episode a few years ago. Um, and he talked about uh, history of cemeteries and stuff. And the fact that, did, did you know that um, when a cemetery was first uh, opened, I guess, uh, established, we'll say, um, that people would bury a pet, like a dog, at that cemetery uh, as the first uh, spirit or entity, whatever, that's buried there as a guardian. So the dogs were buried at the cemeteries to help protect and uh, help cross over the spirits of the people that were buried there. That makes a lot more sense now. Mm -hmm. Don't Going back to being snapped for that ghost dog, do you think that ghost dog is there because the owners are still trying to pass over and you can't? Well, I, I don't think that's so much, but, um... That's very much so, you know? Hmm. Yeah, so, Church Grimm, if you look it up on uh, Wikipedia, Church Grimm is a guardian 
uh, spirit in English and Nordic folklore that oversees the welfare of a particular Christian church and protects the churchyard from those who would profane and commit ugh, sar- sacrilege against it? Sacrilege? Yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Uh, it often appears <laughs> as a black dog but it is also known to take the form of other animals in modern times. When black dogs are kept as pets in churches and their attached patronage is, these are called church grims since they reside on and guard uh, the property. So, yeah, a lot of people it's claim... A, it's like vice versa. Church grims are for good and hellhounds are for the bad. Well, that's not necessarily way. true. Like... It's possible that they're one and the same. You know, these hellhounds, depending why you're in the cemetery to begin with, um, these things could be... And they're also black. Right, yeah. And I, I think that's a lot of the the um, lore and stuff around this is, is just kind of, you know, confused. So, again, you have dogs and other canines and stuff as uh, the guardians of the afterlife or the... the um, the shepherds to help guide you over. Mm. Very interesting. Hmm. Uh, apparently they that even buried be. them. Uh, sometimes they would bury them alive. The dogs. Oh, as a sacrifice to uh, keep the churchyards from vandals witches, warlocks, than the devil himself. They got gargoyles on churches, but dogs are talking about. The English oh church God. grim usually takes the form of a large black dog and guards churchyards. Oh, I already read that. Vandals in 19th century folklores. Um, it is the custom to bury a dog alive under the cornerstone of a church as a foundation sacrificed so that its ghost might serve as a guardian. Like many spectral black dogs, the Grimm, according to Yorkshire tradition, is an ominous potent and is known to toll the church bell at midnight before a death takes place. During funerals, the presiding clergyman may see the Grimm out from the church tower and determine from its aspects whether the soul of the deceased is destined for heaven or hell. The Grimm inhabits the churchyard day and night and is associated with dark and stormy weather. When a new churchyard was opened, it was believed that the first person buried there had to guard it against the devil. In order to prevent a human soul from having to perform such a duty, a black dog was buried in the north part of the churchyard as a substitute. According to the belief... In Scotland, the spirit of a person most recently buried in the churchyard had to protect it until the next funeral provided a new guardian to replace them. The churchyard vigil is known as the Fair... Fair Shalad? Or Graveyard Watch. Ooh. A folklore of the Devil's Bridge type is also an example of the mo- uh, motif of a dog in the case a dog also named Grimm being sacrificed in the place of the human. In the North Ridge of Yorkshire, attempts were made to build a bridge that could withstand the fury of the floods, but not, oh, but none were successful. The devil promised to build one on 
on one condition that the first living creature that crossed it served as a sacrifice. When the bridge was complete, the people gave long consideration of who should be the victim, and a shepherd who owned a dog named Grim swam across the river, then whistled for Grim to follow, who went over the bridge and became the devil's sacrifice. The bridge then became known as Kilgrim Bridge and was later re renamed Kill oh Kill oh sorry I misread that the bridge was was became known as Kilgrim Bridge as in a church grim Kilgrim Bridge and was later renamed Kilgram Bridge which today crosses the River Ure and North Yorkshire or in North North Yorkshire Interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, also, real quick, I want to touch on, we didn't really talk much about um, cats in this episode, but um, it's also interesting to point out, like this story talked about um, the, the, the Grimm uh, protecting against witches and thieves and stuff. Uh, cats are most often associated with uh, witches as their familiars and stuff. And again, this is another example of you know, pets being a transitional animal between the, the spirit world and the living world. You know, so they're, they're keeping these pets uh -huh. to, you know, converse with both sides. <laughs> Derek just let out a big yawn. Boy. I'm sorry, I'm I think us you. humans have our screwed, in a way. <laughs> like I said, I think either way, us humans are screwed. Why? Oh, just because we can't see things? No, it's because we can tell us whether we're going to hell or heaven. Oh, yes, the dogs, yeah, in that story? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're screwed in that aspect. <laughs> Thanks, pups. You're not helping. <laughs> Cats in the head, they're also associated with bad luck if, you, if, a black cat, if a black cat crosses your path. Why? An omen, like an omen of bad luck or something like that. Let's find out. I don't know if it's actually ancient behind it, or if it's actually just myth and hearsay. Or just legend. Oh, I don't know. Cats and wishes. Hey, stop that. Um... Well, cats are always fascinated with the laser pointer, but if you don't have a laser pointer, they always can still see something in front of them that's not fair. Cats like women. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I'm, I'm going to get nasty letters about this. All right. So, <laughs> cats like the women accused of witchcraft tend to exhibit a healthy disrespect for authority. They don't okay. fawn like dogs upon even the unworthy. In the church, neither independent women nor independent animals were tolerated. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> let's break this down here. Basically, the church is saying that um, because cats are less uh, uh, docile and, you know, like... Uh, they have more opinionated that they're bad because they're like women. 
comfortable like, I don't like you. That's the opinion of the church. Please don't send me nasty letters here. This is uh, um, early Christian church in Europe. Um, (laughs) As to where the the bad cat... Wow, there's a lightning. Yeah. Oh, man. Holy crap. Uh, what do we got here? At some point, the pairing of witches with cats narrowed to black cats. Although for, um, it's not entirely clear why that happened. The relationship between witches and black cats in particular is probably imaginary, but it is possible that black cats make more, make better mousers, ah, since they cannot be seen at night and therefore have a hunting advantage, which explains witches do tend towards the practical. Ah, that's clever. Uh, eventually, the fear surrounding black cats and their association with witchcraft made its way into the Atlantic, courtesy of the Puritan colonists. Um, the idea that witches could turn into their familiars likely evolved from those accused of witchcraft having cats as pets. Cats are also wow. blamed for spreading the plague... Uh, oh, here we go. The the origin of the black cats crossing your path. Uh, given the belief in medieval Europe that the devil and witches were capable of taking the form of black cats, it is uh, it makes sense that the superstition surrounding uh, their crossing your paths uh, developed from that. Therefore, a black cat crossing your path might very well be on a mission from a witch. Just as easily it could be the devil in disguise, and no one wants to cross paths with the devil. So there you go. That is the origin, according to the the folklorists here at History Channel, that uh, a black cat crossing your path is because the black cat is a witch. That's funny that you brought up the devil because I got a story about him. Oh yeah. All right. We got we got time for one more story, and then we're gonna wrap up this. Let's just put this way. This is a story that my mom told me. So did my grandma, by the way. Okay. God bless them above me here. But um, I guess it was like a long time ago. My great-grandfather was getting chased by the devil himself down this stretch road he called a holler. And then when he stopped to go by this little, up by this road going up to a cemetery, his horse stopped and he got he heard a slap. And he looked down. He had a hoof print, like from like mid, from upper thigh down almost to his knee, like of a handprint from the devil. And then as he went up across this wooden bridge, he he turned around to look at the bridge. There's a burnt hoof print in that wood from the devil himself. And people have seen it, and I was like, oh, okay. He got slapped so hard. And he hit. He got chased by the devil. And he, the devil, but the devil slapped him on the thigh so hard that it left a handprint that was bigger than our handprint that we know today. That was your grandfather that got chased, you said? I think it was my great-grandfather who got chased. Interesting. Well, that explains you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so I'm the same thing for asking. <laughs> All right. There. Like I said, though, I don't understand why that happened or how it happened. That's a cool story. Nice, uh, nice family heritage there. Yeah. I mean, not that your your great 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 grandfather was chased by the devil, but it's it's definitely an interesting story. 
If my grandma told it and my mom told it, it has to be so true. You, yeah. I mean, I can't say it's not. You know, disprove it, somebody. So uh, was that uh, over in the Philippines then? or? No, in West Virginia. You know, oh. my grandma's house. Okay, so your your mom's side. On my mom's side. Okay, all right. Cool. So then there should be somewhere a bridge in West Virginia with the devil's hoof print on it. Yeah, down near my grandma's house going up towards a, a cemetery that goes up on a pathway. You ever go look for it? Huh? Have you ever gone to look for it? I look for it, and I, I look for that piece. I'm looking at that piece of wood, and there's still some remnant of that hoof print still sitting there. Cool. Do you have pictures of it at all? I wish I did. But it was quite interesting because speaking of the cemetery, when I was up there, you were talking about orbs. Here's something for you. You know, you, just, you don't see an orb until you see it with a naked eye? Yes. Okay. This was another story. I don't mean to be telling stories here, but... Um, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, it was me, my uncle... And to my cousin, we went up to the cemetery near my grandma's house called Lambert's Bride Cemetery, which is up their path road and up on a hillside. We're up there on a hot summer day. I'm out there. And I decided, I started, this is when I started my ghost hunting, and I decided to have a phone with I went up to this grave. I'm like, if you are here, can you make these flowers move? I'm looking at the trees to see if there's any wind. There was no wind. I looked at the grave. Flowers were moving like this. Then they, I'm like, okay, if that was you, could you stop it? They were like, and they stopped. Then my uncle came up, and um, as he was walking up to the pathway, he got to where I was standing. We were looking at you. He was trying to get a picture. His camera would not work for maybe five, ten minutes. And as he was doing that, we seen a ball of light go from the top of the tree down into the ground with their own eyes. And then after that, he took a picture. His camera worked. And as we're looking back at the pictures, you can see an outline of his figure standing by the tree. Hmm. I was looking at his camera, he let me look at the pictures, and I caught it. I was like, what is that doing there? And we did not see it when we took the picture originally. It's like when I took the picture at the um, tannery I have on my phone. At the time I took the picture, there was no mist, nothing. When I got the picture back, you see all this mist, and then in the back of the catwalk is a little girl holding her hands on her face, laying on her belly, looking down at me, taking a picture. Hmm. I remember. I have it on my phone. I remember. It was weird because I there was no mist or anything in that picture when I took it. I didn't see nothing in the darkness. It was just a quick flash, and there was nothing reflected off anything to make it cloudy in my picture either. I stood still and took that picture. And Madison was next to me, and so was Bree. Mm -hmm. When I took that picture, no one picked up the dust or anything. It was just full of like this thick mist that was in front of everything. And then the little girl on top of the catwalk, just laying on her belly with her hands on her face, looking down at me. And it looks like she was smiling or something. <laughs> All right, man. I don't know why. Because I, that's what I thought of. And it was weird because I didn't expect to get a picture like that ever at that tannery. Mm -hmm. A lot of weird and stuff I wasn't, goes on there. I, w I, was, I was invited to go there to do an investigation with my group. I never had a chance to go around, get around to it. Maybe someday. All right. 
<laughs> I remember one day Dan came up to me and asked me about it when you were when we were working on misery, and I told him about how I had my own ghost hunting and that's why he invited me. Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. I'm trying to get Dustin down here to go to the Rattler Hotel. There's a lot of stories about that too, which would intrigue you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that's all the time we got for this week, uh, Derek. I appreciate you taking some time out. Uh, and uh not a problem to you again um so cool we got a lot of cool stuff coming up uh all the stuff is on our website at wisconsincaps.com uh click on uh public events you can see all the stuff about the gainers tavern public tours that are coming up pretty soon here and uh the other um public events and conventions and stuff that we're going to be at so go ahead and check that out uh check out our patreon page uh, links to that on our website as well, wisconsincaps.com, or it's uh, patreon.com backslash or forward slash patreon, or patreon.com forward slash wisconsincaps. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff on there as well, and links and other stuff. So uh, we will see you guys out there in the, the real world, uh, me and Derek. And until next time, Derek, nice talking to you. Nice talking to you. <laughs> Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Barnaby. I'm Derek. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To find out more about cryptids, anomalies, and the Paranormal Society, visit our website at wisconsincaps.com. That's wisconsincaps.com. There you can find links to our YouTube and Facebook pages. You can also submit your sightings and encounters. And don't forget to check out our online store for t-shirts, DVDs, and more. If you have had an encounter with something unexplained in or around Wisconsin, we would love to hear about it. You can send us an email at wisconsincaps at gmail.com or to submit an anonymous report, visit our website and click Report Your Encounter on the main page.